infinity and beyond. Uh, is this thing on? Hello and welcome to episode six of From Here to Infinity War and Beyond. This is going to be my Justice League review special episode. So, previously on this podcast, uh, a couple of days ago, I outlined my thoughts and fears for Justice League. I've now since seen the movie. Uh, so, I thought I would. Ah! It's very windy. This isn't going to work on the podcast. Um, <laughs> I thought I would come out to the top of a hill on the Saturday after the movie came out um, in the wind and rain and podcast my review. Um, yeah, because I'm crazy like that. So it's not... Oh, God, it's going to sound terrible, isn't it? Um, I'll just keep talking, hoping that the wind on the top of this hill isn't going to affect this too much. Um, hey, if it does, it does. I'll cut this out. Um, all right, hang on. I'll stop until I get into some trees. This probably is really bad. Okay, the podcasting conditions seem to be a little better, so let's carry on. Um, so yeah, let me set the scene. It's a cold, wet, rainy, overcast Saturday afternoon. Justice League was released to the world yesterday. Um, and I've come to the top of a hill to gather my thoughts about the movie. Um, full disclosure, I should just let you know, while I'm recording this, I do have a moustache, but by the time you it gets to your ears, I will have CGI'd out that moustache, so it shouldn't affect your listening pleasure, of course. Which I suppose could bring me to the first point about this movie, because as soon as it starts, the first thing you see... Oh yeah, by the way, spoiler alert, no one should be listening to this. If they haven't um, watched the movie, come on, crazy. Uh, oh man, I'm in the midst of the uh, the elements here. I don't know how this is going to sound on the podcast. I'll just carry on talking and probably can cut it out if it's terrible. There's a going to turn left. Hopefully, the sound's going to be better then. Um, so yeah, the first thing you see is like this iPhone uh, footage of Superman a la uh, the beginning of Spider-Man Homecoming Um, and it's ironically some kids filming him for their podcast oh god that sounds like something in the woods immediately oh god the fuck that's creepy sounds like a a tree is making a creepy door oh god Um, yeah, and if you look at Cavill's face, Superman's face, it looks he's like, what's going on? It looks weird as fuck. <laughs> um, 
and consequently every scene he's in I think it's almost every scene I would estimate 75% perhaps more of when you see Superman he's got this the whole CGIing on his tash and so if you don't know the um, what happened was as we mentioned on this podcast before there's been there was kind of extensive reshoots on Justice League I think I think there were two kind of sets because they started filming the movie before uh, creepy sounds in the wood before Batman vs Superman came out I also should mention it's, it's like three o'clock in the afternoon it's really it's quite dark so uh, why I'm in the woods doing this in the rain I've got no idea um, purely for your entertainment uh, Infinity Warriors <laughs> um, yeah so they started filming the movie before Batman vs Superman came out and Batman vs Superman came out a uh, huge amount of negative press uh, so I think there was initially some kind of Warner Brothers wanted uh, Justice League to be brighter, lighter, funnier. Um, that was the impression I got anyway after reading all those set visits like 18 months ago. They, they opened, in like April of last year, they opened up the set to a load of bloggers and stuff. And um, they were talking about the Barry Allen meeting Flash, <laughs> meeting Bruce scene, stuff like that, saying it was quite funny. So I think that was the impression I got from what I read at the time. Then March this year, Zack Snyder is off the movie, unfortunately, for the the family tragedy that he had. Joss uh, Whedon takes over, did some rewrites for those reshoots, which who knows how much stuff they reshot. The actors said it was about 15 to 20%. I think that's the consensus now, but... When you watch the movie, it, there are there are scenes where the you know there's different haircuts, different beard lengths in each, from cut to cut. So obviously there was a, and it's sometimes very easy, it's very obvious to see what what has been inserted in. Um, but the main issue with this, seemingly a huge issue now, it was a kind of a joke before, but Henry Cavill was filming or still filming Mission Impossible Six, for which he has a gigantic moustache. And Masasha is seemingly so important to that movie that Paramount deemed that he, yes, he, could, he would be available for these reshoots, but no, he can't shave off that tash. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So somehow Warner Brothers have agreed for this to happen. Okay, that's fine. We'll just CGI out a moustache. And, you know, you think, oh, it's, yeah, they can do anything now. That'll be no issue. It's a massive fucking issue. <laughs> Because it's not, you think it would just be erased. It's not, they, they presumably have to erase the tash and then animate his upper lip. Which, it just, it just looks, it looks utterly, utterly, utterly bizarre. If you're looking for it, you will see it and it will take you out of the movie. Um, I went with my dad and my brother, they, they had no idea. So, that it's, if you don't know about it, it's, it seemingly works. But that's initially. It's a ridiculous thing, but it's a big issue. Um, as for the rest of the movie, well, what do I say? I, I, it is, it is a big mess. There's no two ways about it. It's a big mess. There's clearly a lot of conflicting ideas. A lot of changes have been made. A lot of backtracking has been made. 
Um, there doesn't appear to be one singular vision. Well, I say that. I'd say the first half seems to be going in one particular area. It does seem, you can, it does seem very Zack Snydery, and I actually quite enjoyed the first half. I, the, I mean, the beginning is really cool. It's, that starts off really well. Um, you know, opening shot into the the pigeon on the paper that says Superman's dead, and then you see the reflection of Batman in the window, and then the fight with the Parademon. That's all pretty cool. Um, it's like, oh, this is a light comic booky Zack Snyder film. This works. It was working. Enjoyed it. And it does. I mean, it's criticised for going. Bam, stories, etc. He does jump around all over the place. So you're in Themyscira, you're in London. That was a bit crazy because there's no follow-up to that till Wonder Woman's you know, defeating some terrorists in London. That's it. Um, but I did have the fit, and then you're in wherever Rackmoran is, the Nor Nordic fishing village or whatever it is. I quite liked it because it was as though, you know, you did, it did have the feeling you're, you're flicking through, you're reading a comic book where that's how it would be. I mean, that, that's, I guess that's up to your own tastes, sensibilities, if that jars with you. But for me, I went in not expecting much and I, I was quite enjoying it, enjoying that aspect of the film. The, the the bit where it really went wrong for me though was the when they start to bring superman back to life because um and i've i've watched the collider spoiler review of the movie and mark riley has it best when they're talking about this bit because they they you know they use a mother box on his corpse and in the regeneration liquid thing that brought doomsday back to life in that crashed spaceship in order to bring superman back to life and as soon as they reveal that i was like oh no, why 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 because you're using a plot device that's now been used three times in that crashed spaceship um it, in order to get to that point it involves two members of the justice league flash and cyborg digging up a grave and and you yeah, you just use this MacGuffin box that can do anything so yeah to just bring him back to life and then oh you have to have the electricity of flash and it looks kind of cool but it's so simplified so dumbed down so we've already seen this and there are what frustrates me and it's what I spoke about in the last episode you know, my predictions were completely wrong because they've, they haven't gone anywhere near what they could have done in bringing back a Superman. And oh, it's, just, it's just so wasted. that They've wasted one of the greatest comic book stories of all time in the death and return of Superman. And he, there was no, even though the, Henry Cavill a year ago tweeted out a picture of the black suit, so I was getting excited for the black suit. No black suit, none of that. And he just comes back, he's in a mood, and you think he doesn't remember anything, but he clearly does. And he has a fight, and some people have said that's the best bit of the movie. But I was, I was just like thinking, I'll oh, put a shirt on, put a shirt on, Henry, <laughs> put a black top on. And I was just, oh. 
and then from then on it's it's this the last half is a is your bog standard typical cgi bore fest the, and the the cgi is is uh oh, it's it's just it's nothing that we haven't seen seen before swatch parademons out for the chitar every one of these films has the same the same um bad guys all these multiple bad they're all the same even even thor ragnarok has the the undead um members of the asgardian army or whoever they are but they're all this these like interchangeable drone bad guys and these were the parademons and the parademons look really cool in that scene in batman in that scene in batman versus superman and here they're just you know and I guess as well what I was saying, and well, this is a little thing how I read into it, because um, Flash, so th this is what I'm assuming. And ba basically, what, I, what another reason I, I didn't, it annoyed me, this film, was that the, the stakes raised in Batman vs Superman, that he's rung, Lex Luthor saying he's rung the bell, and that the flash forward or the nightmare sequence that Bruce Wayne has, seemingly don't matter because Darkseid isn't introduced. So Steppenwolf is, it seems that they has taken the place completely of Darkseid, even though they mentioned Darkseid in the movie, but there were opportunities that he could have had Darkseid in it. He could have come down in a boom tube having a go at um, uh, Steppenwolf at the end or something like that, but he wasn't, he wasn't. And then we see, you know, post credits saying, uh, Jesse Eisenberg wants to start the Injustice League, or or they need the League of Their Own. It's like, oh, well, so that was a really cool idea, and now they're just going but that they had in Batman vs Superman about Dark Side and the whole demon coming from the sky and all that stuff. And now, oh, we're just forgetting about it. We're going to have our own bad guy Justice League. Never mind the fact we've already seen that in Suicide Squad. But oh, it's just oh, I'm so disappointed in that. Because I was hoping to see Darkseid. Um, I get why they haven't done it, and it might have been Joss Whedon's influence, and there were rumours that he did completely change the end of the movie, and that might have tied in with the fact that they they brought back Superman as the black suited Superman, and then they got rid of that, and that might be why Cavill's moustache is CGI because they had to do extensive reshoots with him in particular. But if that is the case, then that, that's some really dodgy sketchy planning and really reactionary filmmaking and um, it results in what in a film like Justice League and it, this is why you get a film it's so criti critically hammered because it, there are, the, it's clear that the ideas are mismatched and you know it doesn't flow it's not of a one vision which despite all its criticism at least Batman vs Superman is one clear vision whether you like it or not and it didn't particularly like it but it is what it says it is whereas justice league is this kind of mismatch of thing it's not to say it's a bad movie but it's just frustrating because of the potential so anyway what i was talking about so and i am probably reading way too much into this and giving way too much credit but it is there and you can choose to read into it so i'm guessing that this nightmare sequence in batman vs superman which i keep going back to because it was the fucking coolest part of that film so you know the bit, I mean, he wakes up, he's got the 
the flak jacket on, shooting people. Uh, I'm assuming that this is the future unless something is done about it and that when Flash comes in, he says, am I too late? I'm too late. Which I thought would have some consequence, but no. And then he says, he does, I think he says, it's the key, she's the key, Lois is the key. And Lois is the key in this movie because that's who Bruce Wayne needs to rely on to get Superman to join, agree to be, well, it settles him down, doesn't it? So, I mean, am I reading too much into it? Is this what actually happened? And if he hadn't done that, Superman would have... So, basically, if they hadn't brought Superman back to life and Lois talks him down off the ledge, there's other options, there are other futures. So, either someone else could have regenerated Superman, which is potentially, and then he could have gone bad, or if Lois Lane wasn't there, he would have carried on going bad, killed the Justice League or whatever, and... That's why we see, that's why we see him with like those paratrooper guys that have Superman. I don't know. I'm obviously totally reading too much into this, and I think it was probably unfortunately done. Oh, that'd be really cool if we have that. And it's just it's just frustrating. Yeah, just really frustrating. But technically, what Flash communicates in Batman vs Superman, Lois is the key. Lois was the key. They avoided that because Steppenwolf dies. All that stuff they opened up about Apocalypse being on Earth and stuff is finished, dealt with, done, thrown away. We're going to have a Suicide Squad in Justice League fighting the Justice League sequel. Great. Um, yeah, so as you can tell, I probably read too much in, <laughs> into these things and I think it's probably... It's what we all do with Star Wars and everything. We always think, and it's the it's what happened with Lost and stuff like that. You, as a fan, you get excited about all this stuff. So you read theories, you come up with theories, and really, they're never gonna come up with what a whole load of people can think of on the internet and have all these cool ideas. I remember early days of Lost and some of the theories that were online were so crazy and out there, and you're like, wow, this would be amazing. And now you see it with Game of Thrones, you see it with Stranger Things, you see it with all these shows, and in reality, it's never going to be... It's never going to be what you want. Um, so the same thing right now is happening with Star Wars, and it has been... It's like, who is Snoke? Who are Rey's parents? And I guess you, we've probably all already thought of all the stuff. And you just have to hope that the, the people in charge are, can come up with something cooler and shift your attention away to something that you couldn't possibly ever imagine, then your theories don't matter. But when you have a film like Justice League where they don't even address the things that they brought, brought into in previous movies, or they shift them around, like there's a lot of confusion with the, mother, the creation of Cyborg, um, and stuff like that, and it's just... It's just, you can tell it's reactionary, you can tell they're almost making it up along, as they go along. And then especially in the case of a DC movie where you hear all this stuff all the time about, oh, we're going to make um, Gotham Sirens, we're going to make Suicide Squad 2, we're going to do this whole Batman universe. Oh, but Batman, Ben Affleck doesn't want to play Batman. 
Yada, 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 yada. It's all completely messed up and you never hear this stuff with Marvel. And Marvel's just going to knock out three movies next year before the next DC movie is out. That's uh, just... I don't know. So, yeah, I don't really know how much of the movie I've actually reviewed. Um, I mean, maybe I'll talk about the... I'm in the Avery in Jurassic Park here. Um, talk about the characters. I mean, Ben Affleck, I, he looked bored to me. He lo- I've, I've heard somewhere that he was clearly bulking up and losing weight in between like reshoots and stuff. And he t- his face looks different in, in the middle of scenes. Uh, I mean, when he meets Aquaman in that fishing village, I mean, watch it closely. His hair is different from cut to cut. The length of his beard is different from cut to cut. I don't understand how, unless they really have so little time on reshoots, that stuff like that is allowed to happen. And maybe it's only you know freaks like me who pay attention to this stuff, but it just really takes takes you out. And it's like so CG. Actually, no, that's a point I need to go back to. Well, I was talking about so CGI heavy. The and well. Point upon point, just about to wrap this up, and I've come up with a load of others. What so talking going back to Marvel versus DC, an issue I think actually, this yeah, this is my theory on it. DC is hamstrung by the fact that they got there first with um, with regards to putting their big superheroes on the screen, so Superman and Batman, and it's it's result is it. The effects of those films are still present in this movie, Justice League, because we hear the original music of both Superman and Batman in this film. And which you you can say it's a good thing, it's a bad thing. To me, and I'm a lover of film scores, I I don't think it does anything for this film because it just makes you think of all those other instances. Yeah, it's not it's it's weird and it throws up canonical issues and it's and it's an issue that has you know they can't get away from these the first time they put these guys on screen and it is something that marvel has been although saying that's bullshit i'm I'm messing up my own point because in spider-man they use the spider the new spider-man homecoming they use the spider-man music don't they at the start so I think what I'm trying to say is Marvel was able to learn from the mistakes and learn from all the groundwork that DC put in and Warner Brothers put in in the 70s, 80s and 90s with their superhero movies and really learn from those as well as the early, so the the X-Men films, the earlier Marvel films because they've rarely put a foot, foot wrong since 2008 and in that time we've already had two different versions of Batman almost two different versions of Superman and we are getting I think as an audience fatigued particularly well of superhero movies in in general but in particular the the DC ones they're not getting right this movie is not going to break I don't think it's going I said it would break a billion I don't it's got too much bad buzz I don't think it's going to be possible for it to break a billion um I I felt I felt what I feel sorry I (laughs) weird I feel sorry for Gal Gadot because she is picture perfect, literally. She lights up the screen whenever she's 
present as Wonder Woman. And she's the thing that they've really got right. Like Superman, they're just not getting him right at all. Batman doesn't look like he's he wants to be there and he was cracking jokes and there's I'm not sure that's what I want from Batman, but then other people do, so but he's not Iron Man. The bit where he's like, oh I'm definitely something definitely bleeding. It's like uh, he, and he just look, and he looks like he literally, he literally looks out of breath. You know, the, when they go and see when Superman returns, and it's four of them, and then Ben Affleck gets there like half an hour. It seems like half an hour late, like he's running, like Adam West. And I, I just had the feeling that he, uh, oh, what there was a point in there. <laughs> what was I thinking about? Oh yeah. Yeah, go, and going back to the earlier iterations of the DC movies, that's what it reminded me of in the first, the first when I was enjoying it, sort of the first 20 minutes, first half an hour. It, what I felt it was very reminiscent of a mid, you know, Bat, I was thinking specifically Batman Forever, I don't know why. But what I was thinking of was, this was much more realistic, the action scenes are more realistic in, in one of those late, mid to late 90s Batman movies because that's when they did everything physically. And there's there's the C, it's not CGI heavy, and it's we've just got to this bar. It's the age-old debate of too much CGI in films, but and Marvel is equally as guilty of this. But they don't. I think I think Marvel does definitely does it better. Definitely does it better. And the, you know the whole end of this is just so obvious. And it was the end of Batman vs Superman as well. It's so obvious they. These people are just in front of a green screen. There is nothing practically there. And it just comes across, especially with this, this film, which is obviously rushed in post. Um, you know, I think John Campier said something like in his review of they needed more, they should have pushed the release date back. They needed more time to, to um, polish up the CGI and stuff. And it's true, but I don't think they could have, it would have given it so much more bad buzz to push that release date back. But they, again, sort of, they're not polishing a turd, it's not that bad. It's better than Suicide Squad. But, um, yeah, it really could have done with a bit more, perhaps, fine-tuning. But then we don't know, who knows what state the film was in, how much meddling has been from the execs, which clearly is a lot. That we spoke last week about that it was mandated. It had to be under two hours, um, and potentially a, a whole other cut exists, or they'll make another cut which will make more sense, like they did with Batman vs Superman. It becomes a more, although a three-hour, but it is a more complete telling of that story. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just another disappointing. You big yourself up for these films, and it's it does feel like a bit of a letdown. So yeah, I'm, there's someone walking towards me, so I'm gonna wrap this up. Um, no, they've got a dog. It's probably gonna get me. <laughs> so yeah, um, let's just see how long we've been yakking on. Solid, solid half hour. Um, oh, they're walking the other way. That is amazing pedestrian, uh, whatever the word is. <laughs> so, 
in short I did I enjoyed it for half an hour for half an hour half of the movie I did really enjoy um, and then it, it turned for me on the whole we're going to use the mother box to bring Superman back to life thing um, because I've I've read the comics I've read the I know the story there were so many 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 cooler things you know they've, they have really really ruined one of the you know one of the greatest comic book stories of all time in the death of Superman rushed it not given it you know it's tw given 20 minutes in the end of Batman vs Superman and five minutes here and it's you could have made you could have made two movies out of that um, anyway but what do I know uh, I like in general I like, I like the Justice League there's some I, Momoa is great as Aquaman Ezra Miller is great as Flash Gal Gadot is amazing as Wonder Woman um, I, yeah, Ben Affleck is good but he just it seems as though his heart's not in it whether you're that's my interpretation of it knowing everything I know about how he's seemingly trying to get out of the role uh, Henry Cavill as Superman again I mean he's a bit more fun when he comes back but he's got this CGI shit going on in his lip how I mean Warner Brothers should have just paid Paramount the amount they was, they've spent on the CGI and said alright have this money we're shaving his tash you can stick a flipping fake moustache on him because it's Superman it's Superman <laughs> yeah, it's it the, it's the character. You can't have anything weird going on in his face. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? It's absolute madness. And Paramount, why? You know, okay, there's this inter-studio rivalry, but come on, just don't be dicks about it. <laughs> I'm sure someone's laughing, but it's uh, I don't know, yeah, at Paramount or whatever. But ultimately, it's it's. It's people that suffer watching this film. Anyway, it's, that's, it's one of the the thing that people remember about this this film is Henry Cavill's CGI uh, mustache removal. It will that that will be what lasts. It's insane. Um, who else? And Ray Fisher as Cyborg. I thought he was quite um, very serious. That's obviously the nature of the character, and he does look quite cool. And, he has the ability seemingly to do anything, which is very useful story-wise, but I, I mean, you know, it was a weird, scene, yeah, tonally bizarre and odd to, you know, two of the Justice League digging up Superman's, Clark Kent's coffin, bizarre, but it did, presumably that's where the whole, all that stuff about the Flash, Cyborg, um, movie came from and they did they did have a good good relationship but they're digging up superman from the ground it's all the good work you do is being undone by that um anyway, anyway you know they'll approve that but they won't approve shaving off cavill's tash <laughs> it's nuts um but you know that what little we saw of just league together it did They've got good chemistry, obviously. 
but it's nothing compared compare that to the first Avengers movie even the second that it gets slated when it's it's a masterpiece compared to that so in short DC have done it again it's better than Suicide Squad I, I put it I put it on a level with Batman vs Superman although I, I I enjoyed it more but it has it has more flaws than Batman vs Superman I just uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's all moot anyway. Um, although I was saying that, if I was a kid, I'd absolutely love it. And it's the it's like the the age-old argument about Star Wars prequels. If you're a kid, you'd love them. So what are we? And that's that's who who uh, you have to say they're aimed at. They're not aimed at 34-year-old men, although they are. They're aimed at everyone. But if you're a kid, you'd go bonkers for this stuff. Um, so I guess that's important. Um, yeah, so it's a. Uh, that's my review. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed listening to my. Uh, I'm now walking up the road back to my house. That's why you can hear cars. Sorry. Um, yeah, I'll wrap this up. Who knows? Maybe I'll do. I'm not sure if we're going to do a pancast review of Justice League, I hope so, but um, we shall see, obviously I'll tweet out details if and when they become available, um, so yeah, it leaves me nothing further to do than to wrap it up, um, if you like this podcast, please check out my other podcast, um, it's called Worst Appendix Ever, um, which is all about my uh, kind of recovery and it's a recovery and self-help podcast after the kind of terrible and pretty much devastating uh, illness I had this year. Well, this year, three months ago. And, uh, lived through it, lived to tell the tale, and that, that podcast is that me telling that tale. So hopefully you can check that out as well. Um, you can follow me on Twitter for this podcast, at Infinity War Pod. Um, uh, or at Worst Appendix or my own music Twitter which is at Rob Johnson Music um, the music you hear in this podcast is by me and you can find out more info download everything stream buy whatever you so desire at my website which is robjohnsonmusic.com thanks for listening have a good week
and beyond.